I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode of Dre Day is brought to you by the Uninterrupted Podcast Network. Download and subscribe to grab the latest episode of Open Run, Dre Day, and more. On the latest episode of Open Run, Jesse and Stefan sit down with Knicks legend Charles Oakley as he tells his side of the story of what happened at Madison Square Garden when he was dragged out and arrested. All right, time for another episode of Dre Day. Episode two, we back. Uh, I don't know what they thought. They might have thought it was a one-time deal, but Dre Day is, is official. This is episode two, and we in OKC. In OKC, like you said, episode two, definitely no one-hit wonders here. You know, they said I would be a one-hit wonder as far as an all-star, so I don't really believe in that. So, you know, it's good to be back for episode two, kicking it on Dre Day. I'm just, I'm just saying, though, you just had a triple-double with four points. How you can't score 10? I'm a bomb. <laughs> you know, it's, it's tough to do scoring t- scoring ten points in this I'm just league. Saying, you had a quadruple double if you make two threes, three baskets. You, you know what's get crazy? Your life together is so when stuff like that happens, you start looking at certain plays, and I'm like, all right, KD hit me in transition, and I lost the ball. Steph grabbed it and laid it up. That was two points. Hey, you got an assist for that though. I did. They gave you an assist. I did because I had it, and boom, Steph layup. So. That was cool, but two of my threes felt good. Like, I told Vince to check up on one of them. It felt so good, and it came out. So, you know, but then I started looking at it, and I was thinking about it like, man, you know, I'm not a big stats guy, so I don't really care. But anytime you can be mentioned, like, with the greats, you're talking Oscar Robertson, um, Will, and all those guys, you know, anytime you can be mentioned with these guys is, is amazing. So I start looking at it and, you know, just sit back and try to appreciate it. And then I said, well, you know what? Quadruple double would have been amazing. But um, I'm the only person ever to not to not score points and get a triple double. That's so, so like, that's such a that's such a Draymond Green stat line. That's know, like the story of your life right there. You know, my one of them, I was talking to um who was I talking to? I was talking to somebody last night and uh I said, yo. Oh, Adrian, my Nike rep. And he was like, man, six more points. And I said, honestly, it does more for me and what I am to this team and to what I bring to the game to not get the points and do all that other stuff and not get the points. It's just more fitting for what I bring to this team. So I'm cool with it. Hey, so that uh, when, when you were out top, and Gasol had it right, and then, you know, you know, Gasol, Gasol got handles for a big man, he right? Definitely can dribble for a big man. It was just a moment where I was like, "He's about to try." I just don't understand why they still trying. This dude like <laughs> sized you up, like, "Oh, I'm about to." Like, why would you do that? Well, I don't think they get it yet. I, I know, you know, um, Gasol is very tough to guard, man. He's amazing, and I mean, he came back from that foot injury last year, and he's gotten better this year. He's playing amazing. Um, 
But when I saw, I knew once they threw the ball over the top and he touched it, the shot clock started. It was only eight seconds when they inbounded the ball. So once it went back, I'm like, all right, he got like, I couldn't see the clock. Of course, I could have looked that way, but it would have took my focus off. So I'm like, he maybe got five seconds max. Like, he got to make a play. He can't kick it like he got to make a play. So once I saw him grab the ball and start trying to make a play, I knew either, like, he was going to cross over. Number one, he likes to drive left more. <clears throat> you got to call for the screen there. Hey. And it ain't enough time, though. <laughs> if it's so, Tony Allen, if Tony, if I got the ball, it's Tony Allen. I'm like, hey, get this dude off. <laughs> Give know, me a pick. He ain't have enough time. So, I'm like, I knew he was going to try to get back left. So, I pretty much, my mindset was just to attack him as a ball hunter. Like, at the end of the day, he's seven feet trying to take me in a desperate situation at half court. I should have that advantage. Just like when he's on the block. You know, he has advantage over me. What I, I have more of an advantage out there, so I just attacked him, and I was able to come up with the steal. So, man, I got something I got something on my head that uh, that's kind of been eating at me with this whole Charles Oakley stuff. I'm pissed. And, uh, like, you know, I, I, saw, I saw him getting escorted out. First off, like, I needed to pray for them security guards because <laughs> – Charles Oakley, he got that he got that civil rights strength. You know what I'm saying? Like that dude, Country that, that shove was like. And then he poked dude in the face. I'm like, yeah. come on, man. Like, but <laughs> the, what really bothered me was the 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 Knicks statement afterwards, because they said, "I hope he gets some help," and I immediately thought, "Oh, is dude on something? Like, is he like help is is addiction, right? Like that that's the first thing that come to mind." Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't I really don't appreciate an NBA team, a franchise, a company labeling somebody like that with no evidence. That's defamation, that's serious, that's shady. And something should happen. Like there should be some kind of punitive uh uh circumstance for them for doing that. That's a grown man, that's a black man who, who you know who already been fighting stigmas his whole life, and now it's like, oh, he's an alcoholic, he's on drugs. I, I got a problem with that. I got a problem with the NBA being cool with that. And Adam Silver is, you know, the champion of civil rights and social justice. <laughs> and he got everybody back. The All-Star game is in New Orleans. But, like, you need to do something about that because you can't defame not only an NBA legend, a Knicks legend, but you can't go around as an organization throwing labels out there like that and putting that on his head. Yeah, um, I got a lot of views on this on different aspects because there's so many different aspects of the story, different parts of the story. And number one, the man is a legend. A legend. Treat him, treat him as such. Why is he buying a ticket to a game, first off? You know, this is Charles, the truth. This is Charles Oak. You know, why is he buying a ticket to the game? You know, the, if I'm not mistaken, Dolans was on in that team when when he was playing. It wasn't a problem when he was speaking out then. It wasn't a problem when he was protecting their superstars then. And so if it wasn't a problem then when he were doing it for y'all, why is it all of a sudden a problem now when he speak out on something that he don't like and now you want to disown him from your entire organization? That's a slave mentality. You're doing it for me, it's all good but now you're doing it against me, or not necessarily against me, but you're speaking out against my organization, it's not good anymore. That's a slave mentality, slave master mentality. That's ridiculous. I'm, it was all fine and dandy 
when he was laying people out, he taking was fines. Out Jordan, right? You know, yeah. taking fines and all this stuff for your organization. But now all of a sudden, when he says something that he feels, it's a problem. I disagree with that. I definitely think, like I said, that that's a slave master mentality, number one. Number two, how, as an organization, can you come out and say, we hope he get help? Get help with what? You know what. I mean, that's ridiculous, though, because you're implying one of two to three things. Number one, and as they said, he has an anger problem. Just because he was pissed off don't mean he got an anger problem. Now, obviously, Oak has had his issues in the past and whatever, whatever. Maybe he's just a no-bullshit type of guy. But that don't mean he got an anger problem because he don't take bullshit. So I think that's pretty messed up to come out and say that. And even if he do have an anger problem, because at the end of the day, these teams know everything about us. They do their research. They talk to a million and one people about us. I mean, they, they know everything about us. They got stuff on us back to elementary days. They spoke to elementary teachers and middle school teachers and high school teachers and people who worked at the recreation center that I grew up at and the police officer that I had an encounter with when I was 13 years old. They know everything. The FBI. Huh? Like, they know everything. And so, okay, if they say if they do know in his research that they did that Oak has an anger problem. That's not something that you say to the world. Absolutely. That's not classy at all. You know, if, Because at the end of the day, if he does have an anger problem and he was okay with the world knowing that, he'd be speaking out about it. He'd be on boards of anger management type things. So it's not okay for you to go say that to the world as a multi-billion dollar organization. When you talk about the NBA, this is one of the biggest organizations in the world. And one of 30 pieces of that organization is going to come out and talk about one of the former players' anger issues? That's not classy at all. So I also have a problem with that. And then the second part to that, to say we hope he get help soon. Now you're implying that he has anger issues, that he's probably an alcoholic, that he probably has drug he issues. He could be whatever. They ain't he even saying. He could like, be snorting and to, doing lines. And exactly. Like and you come, shit. you come out and say, "We hope he get help soon." On Twitter, number one, on in your statement. Yeah, that was an official <laughs> statement. See, the problem with that is they have there's influence with mm-hmm. the NBA. Like you know this because you have it, and as a team, you have it. Like we're in Oklahoma City, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody's ready to get on Kevin Durant. They play up this family. It's a family. This relationship between the fans and the team, right? Mm-hmm. They play that up. That's not how you treat family. It's you not. don't expose family business. And just say he did have a problem. How about help him? Exactly. Like, right? How about exactly. help him? If if you saw that was the situation, don't don't treat him like that. Take him behind the scenes. Now, if he spur help and you try twenty times, you know, right, maybe you wash your hands of him. But if you really like, don't play this family card. Yeah. Like we're family, and this is how we do. And then the moment family doesn't fit your bill, exactly. now you expose him because yeah. everybody you know. 
if you if you really a family, you got crazy family members. Absolutely. If Oak the crazy uncle, cool. So mm-hmm. what? You know he gonna get drunk at the party. You know he gonna cut somebody out. Like that's just how it is. Yep. You know that's how it's gonna be. But that they just showed that's not that's not family to it's them. Not a that's family a commodity, atmosphere. which means the moment I, I'm you not in line with where I am, then I gotta x you out and. For me now, the ball is in Adam Silver's court. Like that's bottom. He came out afterwards and suggested he he got an alcohol problem. It's like you can't suggest somebody got I, I alcohol wa- problem. You, you know, I watched that um, when I got to my room early this morning, probably three something this morning. I was watching ESPN and he did an interview, and he said, you know, he probably has an alcohol problem. Who are you that's to crazy. say someone probably have an alcohol problem? Like, how can you even pin that on someone? Even if if he does or doesn't, to the world, now people think he has an alcohol problem. Absolutely. How can you pin that on someone, just throw that out there like that's no big deal? That's 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 grimy. You know, and I don't think – I think that's wrong. Um, and for what, though? Here's what I don't get. Why, why, for what do they get by assassinating his character? Like, what are they getting out of it? Is I, he, like, pers- honestly – Is it money? Is it money on the table? Like Honestly – what you get out of assassinating Charles Oakley character can't be much. It can't – now, when you look at what's going on now with the Mellow situation in their organization and now how you do a legend in Charles Oakley, I don't know if free agent that would want to go there. How would that do that <laughs> top? I like, mean, they already didn't want to come in the first place. They, like, they strike know, out every year. I, I don't know someone that will really want to go there when you're treating. Melo hasn't done anything wrong there. Obviously, Melo has gotten a little older and he's slowed down a little bit. But he's carried himself in the best way possible. You know, he's continued to play, play through bum knees and all type of stuff and continue to play at a high level. And yet he's going through all this stuff. Like that's, I mean, I just don't know how you can do that to someone. And then, like I said, back to Oak though, I just don't know how you can treat a legend like that. And the biggest thing for me is to come out, to actually come out and accuse and say he may have an alcohol problem. Like if you don't know that for sure, don't say it. And even if you if do you know, know it for sure, sure don't say you it. probably still don't say it. So I, I disagree with that whole thing, man. And you know, I feel for Oak, you know, and I don't know if he was right or wrong. I, I don't know the entire situation. I know some of the things leading up to the situation is wrong. Like I said, he's a legend. Treat him as such. And I know some of the things that took place after the situation were wrong. To judge the situation, I'm not judging it. Oak has said his side of the story. Dolan and, you know, the guard has said their side of the story. The two don't mix. You know, there's three sides of the story, your side, their side, and the truth. I don't know that, so I'm not judging the situation. However, I am judging how he was treated prior to and how he was treated after, and I think it's completely wrong. And then another thing on that is they come out and fire the head of security. Fire your head of the PR for coming out with that garbage statement. That's ridiculous. You can't fire the PR because he wrote the (laughs) – he ordered the statement from me. (laughs) That's a, but one like like you said we don't know what happened right we don't know who right or wrong here's what I know one is a guy 
you know, one is a guy, the other is an institution. Mm-hmm. One has, you know, his credibility of his name and his track record. The other has a PR department, mm-hmm. you know, that influences how people think. So there, there's some responsibility there from them to, to operate in a certain way. And you just can't be defaming people like that. Yeah, like you said, that dude is a legend. That's ridiculous. Speaking of legends, uh, man, I was going to talk so much head to you if Atlanta won that Super Bowl. You know, Bruh. I, <laughs> you know, I, I was I was ready. I, hey, when it was, I started to text you when it was twenty eight to three, like, uh, are, are you ready for what you about to hear? I'm so glad I, I didn't. was watching the game at KD's house, and I was talking to KD homeboy Randy. It was twenty eight to nine, and that was when um, New England was in the red zone, and it got to fourth down, and it was like, do you kick the field goal or do you try to get a touchdown? And I said, kick the field goal. Right now, you just need points. If you kick the field goal, you're down 16. They, it was nine minutes left. I said, they can get the ball back. If they get a three and out, they can get this ball back with seven minutes to go. Now, all of a sudden, you go down and score you, and get a two-point, you're in business. He was like, no, nah, they got to go for the touchdown. I said, right now, you just need points. So they kicked the field goal. Boom, 28-12. Get a stop. 28-20, scored a two, 28-20. He like, man. I said, now all they need is a touchdown and a field goal. A touchdown and an extra point. And he was like, no, a touchdown and a two-point conversion. He was like, man, that's crazy. How'd you know that? Like, it's common sense. You just look look at the score. Like, all you need is points right now. It don't matter how you get them. You need points. You need a lot of them, so and just get them. Man, Brady. The way he came through, and obviously a lot of stuff had to go right. The defense had to step up. Uh, Atlanta had to blow some play calls. Man, oh, like, are you run the ball? Why don't you? I'm sure Devontae, uh, I think his name, Devontae Freeman, Freeman yeah. and um, Tevin Coleman, each probably averaged seven to eight yards a carry in that game. 6.9. <laughs> and, I mean, run the football. I feel like they were trying to get Matt Ryan the MVP. Because they should have been running that football. Here's the crazy part. The coach of the Falcons was the defensive coordinator of the Seattle Seahawks. The last time they didn't run the football, when you're throwing it on the woman, Marshawn Lynch, so didn't learn his lesson. Listen, <laughs> no, no, I didn't know that. But I'll tell you what, not running the football has cost that man two championships. Ooh, That's, man, like run the football. You got Brady over there on the other side. What's going on? Man, Bra- let, me t- let me tell you about this Brady dude. See, you know what? A lot of times, the the when people talk about goat, it's basically based on who 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 was your the best when you were a kid. I mean, that's really what it is, right? And so when I was coming up, it was Joe Montana. Joe Montana's a goat, and this is a little you know it's sacrilegious to say it, but now everybody's talking about Brady's the goat. Brady has the best coach of all time, and Bill Belichick, a like a, a strategy master who takes dudes like like. Who's the running back? <laughs> you could, you, you, I, hey, you could be an all-pro tight end in Brady's offense. I mean, in uh, Belichick's. Let's let, let's no, not let's not. not uh, I'm not not. Let's not take credit away from how great Gronk is and how good Gronk Martellus. wasn't even there. Martellus Bennett is good Bennett, though. Nice. Martellus Bennett has always been. He's good. always been good, but you lose your best. You lose a, a beast. Yeah, and you're still clicking along. <sighs> Do we do we have to say it? I mean, I, do we have to give Brady the goat? I think Brady is the goat, 
and I'll tell you why. One one point you just made was that he has a great coach, the greatest coach of all time. So did Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan also had the greatest coach. And obviously some will say, oh, Red Auerbach. Phil Jackson's the greatest coach of all time. And so, you know, I think what what's going on with him in the Knicks right now is kind of – Watering down what he did as a coach. But as far as a coach, he is the greatest coach of all time. And so Michael Jordan had the greatest coach of all time. Kobe Bryant also had the greatest coach of all time. And, you know, some people think Kobe's the GOAT. But nonetheless, just about everybody think Michael Jordan is the GOAT. Everybody in the GOAT GOAT conversation did have some great – like Bill Walsh was a legendary coach. Exactly. And so now when you're talking about the greatest coach of all times, Belichick is amazing. Nonetheless, you got to go out there and play. I mean, at the end of the day, you can be as good a coach as you want to be. If Brady can't complete the passes, you can't win. If Julian Edelman does not catch that pass off Doolette, you do not win, uh, you know, and, and the beat goes on. So, to say, like, yeah, he had a great coach, all right, maybe he did, but so did Michael Jordan. And no one talks about Phil had anything to do with Michael's success. It's just like Brady. You know what, people – first off, Brady's lost. I think that's a terrible argument to say he's been there seven times and he lost. Like, getting there is is not a bad thing. To get there and lose is not a bad. You don't you don't lose points for that. Mm-hmm. There, there's something about Brady that makes you not want to say he's the greatest. Well, for me, he went to Michigan, <laughs> so that right there alone, I want to say so, it. Hold on. But he's are the you goat. saying Brady's the goat? He is the goat. You're saying a Michigan man is the goat. The reason I am saying it because he wasn't nothing at Michigan. Yeah, he was. If he was great at Michigan, I would dislike him. I don't even acknowledge him as going to Michigan. He was just along for the ride. Going to a good school, um, somehow ended up in the sixth round of the draft, and the rest is history. But he wasn't nothing at Michigan. Like he, if if he wasn't Tom Brady in the NFL, his I don't even know if his jersey is up or anything's up of him at Michigan. Well, they gotta have they gotta something up now, now for right recruiting. If he wasn't who he was in the NFL, he wouldn't even like exist in the program. Like he probably have to buy tickets. At Michigan, had he not become the he greatest you quarterback, you said he ain't a Michigan legend. He wouldn't no, be a Michigan not, legend. He's not a, a Michigan football Ball legend. legend now he's a legend of Michigan football, of Michigan football. But his career, but his at career Michigan. at Michigan, he is not a legend. He would have to buy his own. He would have had to buy That's tickets. The like they would have gave that man recruiting tickets had he not been Tom Brady. Now he just go stand on the field with. You know, with the rest of the greats, Desmond Howard, and all these guys. But had he not become this. That so, man would have got recruiting tickets if he called back and asked for tickets. So here's here's a good question now: Would you have would you had to have bought, bought your own Michigan State tickets if not for your NBA career? <laughs> nah, my, <laughs> nah. I put in work at that school. I put in work at that school. Like said, that's, nah, I'm getting my t- yeah all time leading rebounder. You know, one one one. I think one of three, but I may be the only one with. 1,500 points, yeah. uh, 1,000 rebounds, 400 assists. Like, I, when I left school, I was number two in blocks. I was number two in steals. Like, I, I put in work. You put in work. So, you know. Um, nah. I, I just want to make sure your standard for legend was legit. Yeah. What about what about Terrell Owens not getting into the Hall of Fame? That is ridiculous. I mean, this man, 
Listen, you may not like T.O. You may you may think he was a little over the top. But just a little bit. But there were other people over the top in other ways. And to look at the way that he was over the top with talking and all this sit-ups in the driveway, yeah, like, popcorn and Sharpies. Yeah, like, is that stuff really that bad? Is it harmful to anyone? When I look at T.O., he showed up every Sunday and balled. No matter what team he was on until he got to, like, the Buffalo Bills or something. But he two franchises. He, yeah. He was lit. Top receiver, 49ers and Eagles. <laughs> Not the Cowboys? Oh, I forgot about the Cowboys. Three franchises. <laughs> yeah, like, I forgot about the Cowboys. Like, the man showed up every Sunday no matter where he was. He was all – he never cheated the game. He was always in the best of shape. He's probably still in better shape than some of the receivers today, right now. Right now. When you right see T.O., he's still in shape. Yeah, he's he's and still so, wearing mediums in the club. Like, right now. And so – the man never cheated the game. He always came in shape, ready to work. May have talked a lot, may have done a lot, may have had antics, but nonetheless, he put in his work. He is the second leading receiver of all times behind Jerry Rice in receiving yards. Come on, man. You talk- well, what's wrong with antics, though? I, I, That's I don't, what I don't get understand. It. Like, I don't get it. Look, so first off, it's part of this fake class and professional it's yeah. all fake it's it all is. manufactured and it's all situational it is because we're seeing with the oakley thing like what real class look like and mm-hmm. and how when, when i don't need to be classy i won't be classy yeah. but it's a fake whole paradigm but mm-hmm. when like my wife is not a sports fan she loves to so let's talk about how his antics draw people to the game mm-hmm. let's talk about eras and when you start mapping out eras of NFL football, you got to mention T.O. That's the standard for Hall of Fame. Some people going to do it just on sheer, I was a beast, like Barry Sanders. Mm-hmm. He ain't say a word, no antics. But he was such a beast that you remember him. You remember T.O. because he was a beast and that and dude was exactly. entertaining. Exactly. And he drew people to the game. You but, don't have to be a perfect little, I'm going to hand the ball. But here we go once again. When he was selling tickets, when people was coming to see him pull a Sharpie out, when people was coming to see him pour popcorn, when people was coming to see him shake the pom-poms after he scored, it was okay. But now, you can't do that for us anymore. We don't have to put you in our Hall of Fame. That's ridiculous. That's part of it. Like, all that is part of it. That's ridiculous. All the bad boys. We remember that era. They were good, but they we remember them because they were also bad. Yes. Right? They also, like... What is wrong with that? Well, I don't understand why we look at that and say, "Man, you weren't, you were, your shirt wasn't tucked in, right? You weren't buttoned up, and you know, so we got to hold that against you." No, that's what makes sports great. And here's the real problem, and I know you're gonna like this, and I probably shouldn't say this because I am a member of the media, right? Uh, sports columnist Barry News Group. We we be holding grudges, man, and it's <laughs> it's kind of shady. Like we see it with Barry Bonds. Like so what? If I don't like you, like who? That's not the standard, you know. I don't like plenty of y'all, but when it's time to make the decision, like what? Do, what does it matter who I like? Exactly. Why is that a factor in the situation? Because we don't like you. Look, were you good? <laughs> right? Did you bring enjoyment to the game? Like, will we remember you? That's what matters. So what if you didn't give me? 
it, it, it just doesn't matter. Why, why is that a factor in the determination? It shouldn't. It shouldn't be it a shouldn't factor be. whether somebody like you or not. You know, um, there should be a formula, some type of formula that if you hit certain marks, you get into the Hall of Fame. Because to put that in people's hands, like the people who vote, there's always them, gonna be a bias. They yeah. weren't in shape. Absolutely. <laughs> they weren't out there getting beat up, coming back from a broken ankle to play in the Super Bowl in three weeks. You come back from ankle surgery to play in the Super Bowl in three weeks, five weeks, whatever it was, whatever it was, it's ridiculous. And you come back and play in the Super Bowl, and none of them did that. You know, none of them, regardless if you thought it was wrong or not, none of them did sit-ups on the concrete in the driveway. Nobody did that. So for, for someone to be able to judge and say, no, he does not deserve to get in, and they didn't do it. Now, what I would say is talk to the Hall of Famers, guys who's already in the Hall of Famers. Because you already know. And let them pull the Hall of Famers in as opposed to someone holding a grudge against someone else. And now they don't get what they truly deserve. And then now he come out and say, forget the Hall of Fame. I'm over it. I know I should have got in. Now they're going to hold a grudge even more. And he may never get in. And that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. When you talk talk about all the great receivers in NFL history and the second best stat-wise behind the great Jerry Rice can't get in to the Hall of Fame, come on. That's ridiculous. You remember, Terrell. That, that's my judgment. Do, when, 20 years from now, was he good and will we remember? We remember you Terrell remember Owens. You remember T.O. You can't tell the story of the NFL without Terrell Owens. You can't. Which means he, gonna be, he needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Bottom line. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Matter of fact, uh, I definitely want to ask you about this. Uh, they keep talking about apparently there's, you know, they're getting closer and closer to McGregor Mayweather. Man, I don't think Mayweather want to do this, bro. I don't think Mayweather. First off, McGregor is a crazy Irish dude. That's cool. <laughs> like, I don't get that dude. He gonna be off some old duels in the in the octagon. <laughs> I, you don't want to see that dude. But look, them they, these dudes train. To get knocked out, like this is part of their training. That's true. Now, now I'm gonna tell you where Floyd needs to stay unblemished. Listen, I'll I'll tell you number one, number one. If he fight Floyd, obviously we know, as we saw with Pacquiao, the drug test is going to be of a real drug test. You're going to have to pass a real drug test, well, not some garbage. What you saying about Conor McGregor? I'm saying if if he, I'm not, I'm not. Indicating that he's on nothing. I'm not saying that he's on nothing. But what I am saying is 
you just said he's going to be off some other old type du- of stuff. Old duels, man. I'm saying if that is the case, I don't think he is. I think he's just nuts and he's really good you know at what, what he do. He's going to pound back some but beers and get in there and handle business. Nonetheless, if that was the case, that wouldn't fly. However, I don't think Conor McGregor does anything. Number two, though, just as in the NBA, guys act like they want to fight and all this. You're not fighting on that floor. That fine is too steep. You're getting suspended for them games, and those fines are steep. Yeah, right. Them game checks. Is it, 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 it's, it's not worth it. So, nobody's fighting on the NBA floor, period. Well, in a boxing ring, you're, you had a box. You, can, you can't kick your leg up. You can't slam them. You got a box. You got to stand there and box. All right, so cool. Yes, there's the guys trained to get knocked down. They trained to get knocked out. All right, that's fine. But Floyd ain't really knocking guys out anyway. But kept, I ain't seen – I seen Floyd take maybe, what, two punches in his whole career? And guess what? Guess who, Guess how many he going to take after that fight? Three? Yeah, oh, Conor man. Conor McGregor bruh, not hitting – listen, listen, Conor McGregor defense ain't good enough but, but to, he, fight, to box Floyd. Now nah, he can't box, but if he land a punch – Listen, that's a wrap. We we talking like Floyd has never taken a blow, though. He he haven't taken many. Has he? Took one against Shane. From one of these dudes? Yeah, Shane did light him. She took one against Shane. Uh, I think Conor might be a harder puncher. Listen. He better not get hit. That's all I'm saying. Now, Floyd. He's going to be trying to hit Floyd yeah. so hard that Floyd going to catch Floyd him. Floyd could one not and knock get him down. hit, though. But Floyd could go a whole fight without Floyd getting hit. Floyd will go Absolutely. without getting hit. He's, no question. Number one, Conor McGregor don't know how to. Floyd don't Floyd don't watch tape on his fighters. However, all other boxers do. Yeah. So Conor McGregor will have to go watch film on Floyd. He don't know how to watch boxing film. That man is an MMA fighter. That's like me saying I could go I can go play football. Play tight end for the Patriots, I, right? No, I can't. It's it's hard. Check, you can't. It's hard. And so McGregor does not stand a chance against Money Mayweather. Man, dude, if he lands a punch, that's a wrap. No, it's not. That dude no, can not. punch. Mm, that's fine. And he can take punch. He's crazy. He, we think he can yeah. take blows till Floyd, pet, 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 and it's over. It, Floyd can only win a decision on this one. Floyd can knock him out. Number one, he's going to be trying to hit Floyd so hard, he's going to get caught the wrong way. It's not about how hard you punch sometimes. It's about how you catch somebody. Do you think Floyd, when he walks into a ring, like there is a – in boxing, boxers know Floyd. First off, you know you can't hit him. Like you don't think there's an element of Conor McGregor is wild. Like his – like you don't fight dudes like that. Everybody try to so fight wild against Floyd, though. And, and Floyd's so instinctual. Like can he get a read on it? This dude is crazy. Listen, everybody try to fight wild against Floyd because they know they don't stand a chance boxing. You can't, yeah. It, so if you get scientific, you can't wild. say it. It don't work, man. He done seen it all. That's why he 39 and 0. 39 and 0. When you 39 and 0, you've seen everything. Everything that somebody got to throw at you, you've seen it. Conor McGregor, oh, he may be a little crazy maybe, but he wasn't so crazy that first fight against Nate Diaz, and he wasn't no, he almost so crazy. so crazy that second fight either. So, you know, um, he's hey, not he took, undefeated. He took some shots, though. He, he he did. He's not undefeated also. You know, he's lost in his sport. Florida ain't never lost. Just, so, let's man, get a go at his respect. You think it's going to happen? No. You know why he's talking that 50-50 split? 
Come on, man. Like Floyd said, <laughs> his my name man, is you Money not, Mayweather for you, a reason. You're not, you not worth more than 15 million. You want to ask me for 15 million for one fight? More than 15? Man, stop it. Come on, man. This is Floyd. Like, oh, yeah, he money made with him for a reason. big payday for him for Floyd to give him five million dollars. That's a huge payday for him. Stop trying to be greedy, man. You're not getting no 50 50 split with Floyd Mayweather. You for for number 40? You kidding number me? Number 40, yeah. You're like, that's just crazy. Like, that right there lets me know McGregor don't, don't want to fight. I can definitely that's just, see that. That's not smart. I can definitely see that. That's not smart. Pacquiao did the same thing. That's yeah. not smart. Like, you know, that, that just lets me know you don't want to fight. Because the payday he's going to get is way more than he's going to make in MMA. And you're talking about 50-50 with Floyd? Who's the last person Floyd split 50-50 with? Yeah, Floyd don't split. Plus, you know, Floyd's going to bring – we know Floyd's going to bring the lion's share. But, yeah, like you said, if he took 20%, that's a huge payday for him. If he take 5%. Yeah, if he took 5%. Payday. So you would be like, yeah, I'll take my 20 and I'm going to knock you out if Come you really – that, that definitely – that definitely makes me pause. That definitely like, uh, but that dude, man, he just he, he better not he, land a punch. He, he don't want to box. He better Floyd. not land a punch. He may want to fight Floyd. He don't want to box. He better not. If he land a punch, I'm nervous for Floyd. He ain't trying to get in that boxing. Uh, he, I'm, I'm nervous for. Speaking of taking punches, bro, you took a punch last night. I did. I did. Hey, so uh, you had the. Uh, <laughs> You had the eye, the eye contact issue. I don't know what was going on with your eyes. Then you got hit in the face, and your nose was bleeding. Then you got hit in the knee, and you're still dealing with the Sacramento knee, and then the shoulder. Uh, and the reality is, here's what we all know: uh, y'all got like nine centers, but <laughs> but you're gonna you're gonna be the center in the playoffs. Uh, is it time to start worrying about whether you're going to be able to handle this? Is it is this getting to be too much? Um, and if, if so, why not? Like, what are you prepared for this? Because I need thirty, I need thirty minutes to center. Listen, there's never been a game whether I was playing center, power four, small four. There's never been a game where I left the game with with some type of nick or not. Like that that's just never happened. I always lead a game with some type of nicks and knacks. That's just who I am, that's how I play. I'ma get in the trenches, I'ma battle. Uh obviously last night was a few more bumps than I would have liked to take, but you know, against a team like that it's gonna happen. You know, and going into that game I had already meant to prepare myself for a battle, you know, to take whatever bump it was and to just go with it. You know, I got hit in the eye first, and contact came out. Then I took one to the nose, and once I took one to the nose, my nose started bleeding. It's still bleeding this morning, so that ain't really you still bleeding this morning. What you do? Who who took you? Somebody gave you a blow. What happened? Um, when I closed out on Jermichael Green in the corner, and I took oh, the charge. Okay, yeah. I caught a ball right there, but. It, it it happens, and then uh, I got kicked in the knee in the same spot where I fell on my knee and sat. So, you know, last night was a rough one, but like I said, it happens. And then when you're playing against Memphis, you, you know, already know what it is. You know what it is. So, you know, you just got I got to bring the Saginaw out of me. You know, I know you guys from Oakland. Sag I don't nasty. know how would you quit from being Absolutely from Oakland? Not. Like Absolutely you not. cut from a different cloth, right? Cover, covering Jason Richardson, I know. That Oakland is just like Saginaw. Exactly. Civitan Rex Center. <laughs> Civitan, what? you know? So, I mean. But what, so, did you, like, 
physically prepare for this, knowing, especially after you lost Bogan and Azili, what did you do to get ready? Because it was clear from day one, you're the like the game on a line center. Um, I mean, losing those guys, you kind of it's tough. You know, I mean, they've been important to what we've done over the last couple of years. But you know, I did know what we were bringing in. Also, I knew Zaza's a bruiser and was going to bang. I knew Javale was super athletic. I know D Lee is with whatever. Whenever. Whatever. Whenever. And so I knew all those things. So bringing those guys in was like, all right, we're bringing something back. And um, and they've been great for us. And, I mean, they've brought things to this team that I couldn't even imagine them bringing. They've been amazing. So, you know, it's not like all the pressure's on me to, you know, play the center. Uh, obviously, that's the lineup we usually close with. But, you know, I know those guys can give us great minutes at any time. So I don't really worry about it. You know, it's Man, the season. Man, you were shook sack, though. I was hurting. I wasn't shook. <laughs> you I was hurt. Man, that that moment when, when you were when, out when when the pain when the pain started to shoot through the side of my knee, and it was because I hit my IT band and the tendon runs through the side, bottom meniscus. I got a little worried because I'm like, oh man, like did I hurt my meniscus? And I know where the meniscus and everything is at. Um, like I took anatomy or something. So, you know that. <laughs> That kind of shook me up a little bit, but once I realized the pain started to settle down, I'm like, all right, cool. Let's go back well, out here and rock out. Until you came back, everybody was like, oh, that didn't look good. Yeah, everybody was worried. Um, I was a little, like I said, I was a little worried at first, but, you know, you figure it out and go grind. grind. So, hey, I got a question for you, though. Speaking of sack, as someone of the media, because a lot of the stuff been pissing me off. That I see in the Man, media. Man, what don't piss you off? A, a lot of stuff do piss me off. But uh, this really been pissing me off because I feel like if, you, if you've ever been a part of any team sports or anything competitive or simply if you just hate losing, some things you just understand. And what's been pissing me off is like, uh, who was it against Memphis the first time with the thing with me and KD? Or like, against Sack the other day, which wasn't even of that nature. It was something completely different, and I'm not going to really speak on what it was because everybody don't need to know what some certain teams do or certain people do. Um, as a leader, there are certain things that you do, you know, and you just do them. Um, however, everybody making the big deal out of me and KD, right? So my question to you is this. No, I, I think it's ridiculous, but my question to you is this. As someone who grew up in the type of environment that you grew up in, um, been around the things that you've been around your entire life, when you see something like that, what is your initial thought? Because I'm sick and tired of seeing people, Katie and Draymond, is this going to work out? Like, who they think was, like, one of the main people recruiting Katie? Who they think is super tight with Katie? It's me and Katie. Like, I'm super tight with him. So... That bothered me. It really pissed. It didn't bother me because it's like water under a bridge. It don't matter. But it pissed me off to see people trying to make more of it. So what was your thoughts of it? I, I think it's good. And part of me is, you know, like you said, I grew up in a dysfunctional environment. So if ain't nobody <laughs> arguing, I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. That's what is really beef. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When yeah. you ain't when you when you ain't talking, yeah. that's beef. When you arguing, number one, it shows you care. Mm -hmm. You know that that's that's number one. And having covered, like, bad teams before, you know people arguing is not really the indicator. There's stuff behind the scenes where you can tell there's really a problem, 
right? Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's not what you see like on the bench per se. Now it can be that, but there's got to be some other stuff underneath the surface, right? So if y'all going out to dinner and then arguing on the bench, you you just already know what that is. You and uh, uh, Jermaine O'Neal used to argue every single day. If people heard y'all debates, you would think y'all about to fight, and then y'all like, all right, where are we going? So arguing, especially uh, I mean, part of this is we got to say it, it's black culture mm-hmm. and most of the media is not black. So people don't really understand black culture, but this is, this is like, this is how you were raised. You know, you know what I'm saying? This Absolutely. is what you do. Absolutely. Arguing like people tell that to me all the time. Like when you argue and you know, I'm, this Dre Day podcast, so I can be frank. When you are, when, you, when I'm talking with, with white people, they'll be like, Oh, are, are you mad? I'm like, dude, we were just talking. Right, it wasn't it wasn't a big deal. Like, why are you tripping? I hate when they do that after. So, are you okay? Like, I'm I'm fine the whole time. Like, I wasn't like about to. We weren't. I wasn't about to punch you. That's just how we dialogue. It's just how we were raised. So when I see it, I'm already think, okay, that's that's normal. There's a normal conversation happening between people who care about something, Absolutely. right? And if especially if you know the now, if there's back stuff and you argue, it's like all right. But if there's no back stuff, like my dad and my uncle fought every night, yeah, right, and then they would play dominoes, <laughs> like it was like clockwork. So I know y'all, like he's he's here largely because of you and y'all tight. So there's a clear, the, the the foundation is good. So if you're not arguing, especially if you're not arguing, then I know there's beef. You screamed at Steph last night. You know, I got to sit courtside because I was beat. <laughs> I had done that in years. So I was sitting courtside. Steph reached. Oh, Mike Conley got the and one. And you was like, come on, stop reaching. Like, you scream at everybody. So if you're not screaming at KD, that's when I'm like, hold on. Yeah. What's going on? Because I know you're going to get on anybody, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think part of it is people, just, like, you got to understand a little bit of black culture, a little bit of the team dynamic. And you got to know that, People yelling on the bench in a competitive game, that's part of the competitive game. It's really the other stuff, you know. They ain't been talking in a minute, and then they screaming on the bench. Now I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, we got a problem, right? Remember, I covered Steven Jackson, Monte Ellis, Baron Davis, Al Harris, and Matt Barnes on the same team, right? And they they was cool. All they did was go at each other. That's that's what they did. You know Matt Barnes. He going everywhere. So that's what you look for is the – dysfunction behind the scene the stuff that happens out front is usually just competition that's why i knew like at the moment it happened i was like oh this is about to be a thing <laughs> you know it's like this is what brothers do so I, most media won't get that and part of it is and part of it is is on y'all too because it's like there's such a separation you can't know you know like the way it's set up is like hey y'all get five minutes and you know if I'm, you know how it is. If I'm, me and you, we could be talking about just about anything, hip hop, movie, TV show, something funny we saw, and and we might see that and the PR dude popping up like, what y'all talking about? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So part of it is there's a separation, so they can't know, but also part of it is they don't want to know. Like there's a little bit of everything. So. <sighs> For me, I gotta see more for it to be a big deal. Definitely. Otherwise, I'm like, it's normal. That, that I, that's what happens, especially with you. Like I said, if I, if I'm on a team where I can't do that with anybody, get me out of. Then me. you got a problem, right? That, absolutely. Go. Then you got. But see, if what happens if people can't handle it though? But you also know, like, you also know as a as a leader, 
You know, one thing Coach Izzo taught me was as a leader, you have to know who you're talking to or who you're dealing with. How do you press someone's buttons? For good or bad, press a button to turn them on or press a button to turn them off. How do you have to know that as a leader? And so one thing you have to do in order to lead someone is you have to study them. You have to get to know them in order to lead them. And so I said all that to say, you know who can't handle it, and you know who can. And those that can't, you adjust. So by virtue of the fact that you did do that, KD means he can, can handle, handle it. Right? I know exactly what he can handle. So is that good. why is that why you don't scream at me because you don't think I can handle it? I don't think you can handle it, bruh. I don't think you can handle hey, it. Hey, uh, we we can get down. Speaking of, before we go, I need your uh, I need your take on something. February today. What's today? Eleventh. It is the eleventh. Yes. So February twelfth uh, uh, is the day that uh, me and my wife started dating. Like I was I was asking her, and she was a hater. Like she didn't understand how much like game I had. <laughs> so. <laughs> So I, kept, I had to keep trying, and on February 12th, she finally said, yeah. And uh, the reason I know this is because, like, I'm not really into Valentine's Day, but that's my concession, right? So I'm not I'm not with her on our day, so I need to get her something. But we've been together for so long. This was in 1994. Ooh, I was yeah. four. <laughs> we've been together for so long, I'm running out of ideas. So, man, you, you, uh, you are a man of the people. You are a culture – you know, you wore a brooch on on your jacket at a Clippers game one time, even though that wasn't your jacket. But <laughs> <laughs> but what, what what do you do? What what does an NBA player do for Valentine? What are some ha, help the people because it's that type of season. And keep in mind, not everybody has a eighty two million dollar contract mm-hmm. or a Nike deal. Well, for me. I think I do. I, I'm, I'm, I've gotten pretty good at gifts. Partly, uh, having you know a few bucks helps open the range up some. You know because what I'm before that, I never bought gifts like birthday, Christmas. You ain't buy your mama that. No, we, my, first, my mom don't let me buy her gifts to this day. What? Don't believe in it. Never have. Bought her gifts. She used to make me. You take never walked through Walgreens and was trying to pick a box of chocolate for two dollars. My mom didn't. Don't don't do gifts. And she really, even back in the day, she didn't do cars. If you brought her a car, she look at you like, "Why'd you bring me this piece of paper?" My mom really ain't cut out, but she don't do gifts like that. She just never have. Um, and so she stopped buying us Christmas gifts young. And so, but I'm also, you know, I was raised. You know, my mom, by my mom, my dad was there too. But, you know, I'm a lot like my mom in the way I think about certain things. And my mom never believed in Valentine's Day. In turn, I don't believe in Valentine's Day. Um, I think. Why are you hating on love? Well, that's the thing, though. I think it's a made-up holiday for people to make money. So you go, you go to a restaurant, all the lines are super long. You go to the store. You got all these Valentine's Day cards. That's a, I think I call Valentine's Day, it's a Hallmark holiday. It's not a national holiday. It's a Hallmark holiday for Hallmark to make money and everybody else to make money on these bears with a heart and all this stuff. Like, number one, if I love you, why do I need to show you on February 14th I love you? If I love you, I'm supposed to show you that every day. Not on February 14th. Like, that's so fake. And so I've never really agreed with Valentine's Day. I don't. 
I'm not in support of it. I don't celebrate it. I don't do anything for Valentine's Day. I'll make it a point to take you to dinner on February 12th or 13th and buy you a gift on January the 31st just because I wanted to. Not because this day says I have to buy you a gift. So I'm completely against it. I've never believed in Man, it. Man, that's I still so stubborn don't of you. I believe in it to this day. And that is what it is. However, Man, help, man. People however, out here struggling, trying to keep their girl, keep their guy. However, for those of you who believe in Valentine's Day, who your girl may make you believe in Valentine's Day, who simply just need to make up for your girl, you can never go wrong with a dozen, two dozen of roses. You get the... Uh, you get them done up the right way with the baby's breath and all that stuff and make them look good. You can never go wrong with roses. Affordable. Is there like a standard, though? Or Some roses be looking shady. I mean, just try to get you some nice roses. They'll cost you a good 70, 80 bucks. Like, you can get some. Oh, I'm some, done. That's my whole. Some, I'm some done. places for cheaper than that. And you can never go wrong with roses. You can you can get roses for Valentine's Day. You can get roses on a regular day. You can get roses as an apology. You can like you can't go wrong with roses. Another thing that's affordable that you can rarely go wrong with edible arrangements. Edible arrangements is legit. Not that expensive. It's legit you too. You can't go wrong. And with you can those. do fruit though. Exactly. You can't go wrong with edible arrangements. You know, then then I think a lot of people also think. Hey man, like I I need to get my girl these expensive heels or this expensive bag. But sometimes thoughtful things mean more than than actual accessories, you know, than actual material things. Sometimes thoughtful things mean more. So you may think of something, hey, we met on this day, so let me get her a picture of something of this date that was in history of this date. But this is really the day that we met on. Maybe not even that year, but on that date. And it's remembrance of the day that we met. So thoughtful things sometimes mean a little more than actual material things, expensive things. And it also can save you quite a bit of money as well. So you're not cool with the whole, uh, you know, Valentine's Day being a celebration of murder and... <laughs> Well, I didn't want to really go into that, but I was also going to say people really don't know the real meaning of Valentine's Day. They talk about all this I mean, love. you from Sag Nasty. I figured you'd be like, yeah, I like Valentine's Day. Let's cut somebody's head off. They talk about all this love and stuff, but they don't know the real meaning of Valentine's Day also. And so they've been fooled into believing that that it's a day of love. And it's not. So I'm 100% against it. However, I did just give you a few player tips, though. A few player tips. Also, uh, uh, you know, you might want to, you know, be kind on Valentine's Day. That's what I do. I try to, I try to be kind. I, I, you know why? I'll because make... a lot of people, you know what it is? You know what it is? Valentine's Day is a chance for people to be lonely. <laughs> yeah. Right? It just rubbing it in. A... I make, listen, I make it a point <laughs> on Valentine's Day to just be. Now you gotta be kind. No, like, you don't if you don't kind. have love on that, everybody uh, around here be, with fake dates be, and be, hugs be and kind, kisses. Be kind on. What February? about the one who ain't got no love? Be kind on February 15th. On don't February. be kind on February 14th. It's all fake. And it, hey, and and you know, ladies, if I was you, I wouldn't believe it. Don't believe it.
All right, All-Star Weekend, you ready? I'm ready, doing man. It again? Next up, All-Star Weekend is going to be fun. Maybe we'll get a guest. We'll check it out. Can I pick the guest? I'm going to pick the guest, and then you got to get him. You can pick the guest. I'll go after him, and we'll rock out. We out of here. Dre Day, Episode 2 in the books. This is legit. It's a wrap.